2: Good morning. It is Tuesday, January 31st. It is five minutes after 10, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So, Rob Kendall, you broke the news for me this morning at 9 o'clock when you started the show. Mitch Daniels says he won't run for Senate. It's just not the job for me. That's what he said, announcing that, putting an end to speculation on whether he would run or not. So now we know.
0: Everybody is a big loser in this. And, you know, we joke about and said, oh, I need this for the show content, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The reality is we needed this because it would make both Jim Banks and Mitch Daniels better U.S. senators. The ballot access laws in Indiana are so rigged by design so that unless you are an uber wealthy or uber connected person it is almost impossible for a regular human being to get on the ballot to run for US senator or governor and thus we have seen over the past 7 years when we have a senator who does not fear anyone who knows that no matter what he does he'll likely be the only person that he won't be challenged now, he didn't get the signatures, but I guess if you hire Susan Brooks' husband as your attorney and have a guy on the election board who may or may not have given you money to your campaign, then I, I guess the rules don't you know apply to you. But the point is, Todd Young knew that no matter what he did, it was very unlikely that he was going to be held accountable by the people, not because someone didn't want to hold him accountable, but because it's almost impossible to hold him accountable. And I have a great fear that if indeed jim banks does not have a viable challenger for u.s senate in the primary then it will be very easy to see him fall into many of the same things that has made todd young totally worthless now do i think banks will be as bad as young no because i've said many times i would vote for a literal orange peel over todd young as in (laughs) if the election were orange peel v young Mm -hmm. i would take the orange peel because the orange peel would do less damage But when we saw straight out of the gate, Jim Banks' opening salvo – as a candidate for U.S. Senate was to kiss the ring finger of Kevin McCarthy and on bended knee, not only vote for him 15 times, but hardcore advocate for him on radio stations and TV stations across the country. That gives me great concern that when he gets into the U.S. Senate without anyone to hold him accountable, he will slip into many of the same things that Todd Young has done. So I was cheering for Mitch Daniels to run because it would have made whoever won better. Now, hopefully someone like a Trey Hollingsworth, or I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Todd Rokita Mm -hmm. or Victoria Spartz, or whoever, people with the resources to be able to viably challenge Jim Banks will run because we need this as a state because we need whoever wins to be on the record of holding themselves accountable.
2: Okay, so you said, you mentioned his allegiance to McCarthy was his first Job. His second job that he did after he announced Jim Banks, after Jim Banks announced he was going to run for Senate, was to blast Mitch Daniels. And I'm really curious. Now, at one point, Is the polling going to be back in the field without Mitch Daniels' name on it? Because the polling that we saw, Mitch could have walked away with it if he wanted it. Clearly, he doesn't.
0: Yeah, and so the the quote that Adam Wren and Politico broke the story, it said, quote, people obsessed with politics or driven by personal ambition sometimes have difficulty understanding those who are neither. And I love that quote because that is the way it should be. Mitch Daniels walked away when he said he was going to walk away and he has ultimately held true to his word, which is a lot more than we can say for a lot of politicians. Now look, I really wanted to talk about how Mitch Daniels gave billionaire Jimmer say a free stadium while raising taxes on poor people. I really wanted to talk about how Mitch Daniels raised sales taxes while not actually capping property taxes. I really wanted to talk about how Mitch Daniels instituted a gigantic socialized medicine program that has basically tripled since the mid 2000s because I thought it would dispel some of the Paul Bunyan legacy of Mitch Daniels that is complete bullcrap. But I mostly wanted him to run because I mostly wanted, I totally wanted, but I mostly wanted him to run because I totally knew it would make whoever won a better senator.
2: It, well, it would make whoever was running work harder as well. And you mentioned viable challengers. So is there a viable challenger at this point? Is Rokita the most viable
0: Well, so this is the interesting question, right? Because Banks clearly has a head start, as there was kind of like Mm -hmm. a dividing line. Although, here's what's interesting about Banks. And again, this is also something that gives me great pause. Every day, it seems like on his Twitter feed, he's bragging about all these politicians who have endorsed him. And no offense, but these politicians, most of them down the street from us at the Statehouse, suck. They suck at their jobs. They're the people who have enacted the highest gas, one of the highest gas taxes in the nation. They're the people who have done absolutely nothing for the past year on property taxes. They're the people who are sitting on $1,500 of your money and then throw themselves a parade because they give you 200 back. They're the people who haven't stood up to Eric Holcomb on Malik Muhammad or mask mandates or shutting society down. And the fact that he's really proud that these establishment people are endorsing him gives me great pause. I think the problem now is, though, he has such a head start. If you're a Rokita— mm-hmm or you're a Victoria Sparks and you're a current safe seated off. Op- by the way Victoria Sparks was on with Tony yesterday mm-hmm. and I'm sorry at this point I would rather smack myself between the eyes with a hammer than listen to that woman say another word she is ridiculous she this is coming from Rob Kendall she is exhausting Casey mm-hmm. you want to also talk about people who suck at their job and are and on top of that exhausting Victoria Sparks.
2: Well, you you notice I did not mention her as a viable challenge.
0: Well, she, let's face it. I mean, she would have name IDs. She would be able to raise money. I'm just throwing out people who could theoretically challenge. Now, Hollingsworth is the most interesting one because he's not in office anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's bored, whatever. Maybe he's having fun doing whatever he's doing. But he has infinite family money and could easily run statewide ads, whatever. He's probably the most interesting one because if you're Rokita... You've already lost U.S. Senate once. You weren't a very good candidate, and you're probably safe as the attorney general. So why would you risk that? Although it is Rokita, so doing the obvious and logical thing may not apply here. So it, it will be interesting. Some, they need somebody to step up.
2: I wonder if we're going to start seeing Holcomb's name more in this mix.
0: Oh, geez.
2: And as a voter, does an endorsement from another politician sway you in one way or the other?
0: No, no, and, that, that, and this is what I find interesting, and Abdul and I talk about this all so the time. So why brag about it? Well, it is, right? It is showing, we keep seeing Jim Panks put put his lot with establishment-connected politicians, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's Kevin McCarthy on a national scale or tweet, tweeting out, you know, these endorsements from these State House and Senate people who do nothing to help Hoosiers every single day. Like, that's your camp. Those are your people. okay. I'm starting to get an idea of who you are, Jim Banks. Let's cut the bravado, bullcrap Fox News interviews. You are putting your lot with people who have a track record of screwing Hoosiers and screwing the American people. I want to ch- – I don't – there's no politician that I really like, but I don't care if there even was someone that I really liked. I, I would want them to have a viable – like let's let's just say Marlon Stutzman, who, mm-hmm. I, who I like. Let's say he decided to run again. I would want him to have a viable – challenge I had to really search the brain to find somebody I'm kind of fond of mm-hmm. but it, I, you would you you should want whoever it is Democrats should want Andre Carson to have a, a viable challenger every single time Democrats should want Shackleford against Joe Hogsett to be a viable challenger because we need government accountability and often in gerrymandered whether it's gerrymandered congressional districts or gerrymandered cities that uh, or cities that are deep blue because of foot flight, which is almost like default gerrymandering, or states that are deep red, Senate, House, Mayor, whatever, we need in primaries and general elections viable candidates to run.
2: And isn't the primary where it's going to be won,
0: regardless of the general? Absolutely. The Democrats are totally worthless. When Jennifer McCormick and Destiny Wells and, I don't know, so we'll stop there. When Jennifer McCormick and Destiny Wells are your Mm A-team, you have gargantuan issues with your party, a level I cannot properly describe in the time we have left in this segment. So yes, and that's the problem. If Jim Banks waltzes into the U.S. Senate unaccountable, he will be unaccountable as a U.S. Senator. That's how it works.
2: It is 14 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Do you want to get into what Whoopi Goldberg said now, or you want to take a break first? Uh,
0: let's take a break, because okay. I want to play this Whoopi Goldberg uh, audio about Memphis and policing mm-hmm. and racism Police
2: reform is going to become a more, it, it, it's, it's going to be a bigger thing again.
0: And we've got a really fabulous guest yeah. coming up at, uh, at, at 11 that will tie into what Whoopi Goldberg had to say. So, yeah, let's do that.
2: All right. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it coming up from 93 WIBC.
1: Well, it's your mind that tricks you. It is
0: 18 after 10. It was a real shame when you weren't here for the first part of the uh, the show. Why? Didn't you tell him to play this? No, I didn't tell him to play this. He
2: picked this on his own. Kenny Rogers? You chose this on your own?
0: <laughs> yeah, I chose this on my own. <laughs> this totally seems like you're, something you would have manipulated. You are trying to this, put that on me? This totally seems like something you would have pr- pressured him into.
2: Nope, it wasn't me. I liked it, too. Good Kevin, job, Kevin. I so Thank I'm
0: so disappointed in you. <laughs> I'm trying to be fair with my uh, bump music choices.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, let's talk about Tim Scott. He's the senator from South Carolina. He's widely believed to be exploring a presidential bid. And uh, Republican strategists warn any deal with Democrats could set him back. So there are efforts to rekindle police reform in Congress after the death of Tyrese Nichols in Memphis. So Senate Republicans, they're expecting Scott to take the lead in negotiating with Democrats after he spent months in the last Congress trying to hammer out police reform. He was working with Cory Booker and karen bass and uh he's he's being told to be very careful that he doesn't sign off on just a big sweeping reform bill that will put him at odds with his base
0: well here's the reality the federal government ruins everything it touches everything Casey, is there anything the federal government does that you would say that is really efficient, effective, and best <laughs> serves the taxpayers of this nation? No,
2: especially as we're getting nearer to April when we have to pay our taxes.
0: So why in the world? What do you think Chuck Schumer knows about policing? Mm. Zero.
2: About as much as me.
0: Uh, uh, but Just to be honest, what do you think Tim Scott knows about policing? Unless I missed something where he was a police officer. What, what do you think Todd Young knows about policing? What, do you, what? Although he was a marine, did I was you know going to say
2: probably a little bit more he because a, did he you know was, he was?
0: Did you know he was in the Marines? I heard
2: he was a marine. Did you know
0: that? Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't know. I mean, unless you just, you know, every third ad were paying attention during election season. But he was a marine. Mm-hmm. Um, none of these people, for the most part have the slightest idea about this stuff, and yet they come in as some sort of, they paint themselves as some sort of experts, and then they pass stuff, and that's why everything sucks, because they don't know what they're doing. And the last thing that I would want is the federal government telling the Brownsburg Police Department Mm -hmm. how to do their jobs, because they don't know. Yeah. They don't know. And the overwhelming majority of police officers, and we talked about this, and by the way, coming up at 11.06, we're going to have, this is really cool, Casey. I've sparred with this guy on Twitter, for a very long time. And you know the great thing about me, Casey, is I can ultimately be friends with anyone. I'm that likable. Yeah. When you get right down to it. Sure. So I've sparred with this guy on Twitter for a long time, but he wrote a really cool piece. His name is J. Philip Clay. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, he wrote an editorial, and we're going to have him on, in which he talks about, he he's black, mm-hmm. and he talks about the um, lack of outrage on black and black crime. But yet, there's obviously immediately all this outrage on Memphis, and I think it's a really interesting piece that that he uh, that he wrote, and so we'll have him on. But the reality is this: overwhelming majority of police officers in this country, mm-hmm. and it's not even close, are incredible human beings who would give their life for a stranger without thinking a thing about it, whether you're whether they're white and you're black. They're black and you're white. They're Hispanic and you're black. They're black and you're Hispanic, whatever. They are pillars of strength in the community. They would do anything for anyone. And it is terrible that we have these instances where people obviously behave in the manner that these officers did. But look at what has happened. They were fired. They have been arrested. They're going to be tried. Mm -hmm. What happened with Derek Chauvin? He was arrested. He was tried. He was convicted. The system is punishing bad actors. But the bad actors are a fraction of the system itself. And when we paint everybody with a broad brush, what you are doing is forcing people to leave the system, which is it appears why these guys were in the system to begin with, because of a mass exodus of policing, because of the behavior and actions of society during the summer of love. Okay, so what you're saying is that legislation would not have stopped
2: what happened in Memphis. No, it's, because it, it, I mean, think about this: the guy, he was already handcuffed; he was already subdued. So any law or legislation wasn't going to change the outcome of what happened.
0: It's the same thing like with hate crimes laws. The people who are doing what people want to call a hate crime are going to do that, whether you have a special law. I mean, I remember that during the the one thing George Bush said that was pretty spot on when he was running for president. There was a they were debating hate law in Texas. And I think the kid's name was Matthew Shepard. maybe that's wrong, but the the kid was killed in Texas. He was drugged from the back of a car, and I believe it was because he was gay. And they were pushing, this is in 2000 when Bush was running for president. And they were pushing him on hate crimes laws and the need for hate crimes laws in Texas. And they used this kid as the example. And he said, we tried, convicted, and executed that guy. What else did you want us to do? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing here. If these officers are going to behave in this manner then you think they're going to stop and go, well, there's a police reform bill. We shouldn't do right, that. Right. No, the justice system needs to deal with these people, and it is dealing with these people. But at the same time, why don't we have the outrage when it happens in communities like Indianapolis every single day where there is other black-on-black crime? And that's the question J. Philip Clay is going to ask. It is really interesting. He's a really interesting guy, and people, I think, are really going to enjoy this interview. All right, so we got this Whoopi Goldberg audio. Right. And your face said it all right there, if people saw you on the the YouTube. Um, Because she's making it very clear. We have now moved on from the police being racist, because that was the thing in 2020, right? All the cops are racist. Right. What about the black cops? All the cops are racist. Now, not all the cops are racist. They're just bad in general.
1: And take a listen to this. But, you know, when will the brutality finally lead to some police reform from the ground up, because clearly it doesn't matter if it's a white policeman or a black policeman, it is a problem in the police and the policing itself. You know, seems things don't seem to make sense to people unless it's somebody they can feel or they can recognize. Mm. But how many times do we have to do we need to see white people also get beaten before anybody will do anything? I'm not suggesting that. So don't write us and tell me what, a you know, what a racist I am.
2: So is she going back to the defund the police movement?
0: Well, that's the question, right? What 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 legislation would you propose? Whoopee, that would have stopped what happened in Memphis. What are you going to, what federal oversight would stop what happened in Memphis? There's nothing that is going to stop that if those people want to do it. And those people, based on the evidence we have seen so far, clearly did something heinous and awful. Mm -hmm. And if, and it will all come out in a court of law, the full evidence, but if it is as we expect, those people should be tried, convicted. And severely punished, which I think they're going to, just like Derek Chauvin was.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, they're being charged with murder and other crimes, and they've all been fired, and they've disbanded the Scorpion team that they were all a part of. So, it's, it's not about reform. It's about a lack of respect for human life. Sure.
0: And again, we now have been led to believe that those guys were there because Memphis had to lighten their hiring standards- or loosen or whatever word you want to use Because a bunch of people And we have we have seen this in Indianapolis We've seen this in major metropolitan police departments All over the country Left because they said after 2020 Screw this, mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with this anymore mm-hmm. I'm either getting out of this profession Or I'm going somewhere that the equivalent would be I have a, a buddy who was an IMPD officer Grew up with a guy, he's a he's a military veteran Served in Iraq, awesome dude One of my best friends He was an IMPD, IMPD officer for years Exemplary officer highly to you know, highly whatever. I mean, just top of the line police officer.
2: Well-respected uh, guy.
0: Left to go to a suburban community where he is now making less money. Mm-hmm. And you know why he did that? Because he said, I'm appreciated there. Right. And I don't have to deal with the crap that I do here. We have done this where we have we have taken what was once a very noble profession and put up at the top of society of things you could, could and should aspire to be, mm-hmm. and we've ripped it down, and we've ripped it apart, and we've degraded the people, even the overwhelming number that are good actors, and we have made it where they have said, in these major metropolitan cities especially, I don't want to deal with this anymore, and now- It's not worth the paycheck to them. When you don't have the best people wanting to be in it because of stuff- the way we have treated them, you are going to get people who are not as qualified or who in this case are just horrific, awful actors. Mm-hmm. they are just, it's, it's just the law of averages, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's 1028. Do we have some voicemails?
0: We do have voicemails. We've got somebody who's very angry at me and thinks I'm just ridiculous. So we're going to put that right to the front of the line. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a good voicemail segment. All
2: right, it's 93 WIBC.
1: I'm so sorry you had just reached my answering machine.
2: 317-684-8444, that's the phone number here. If you'd like to contribute, it is time to hear your voicemails at 1034 with Kendall and Casey.
0: All right, bevy of phone calls. We'll get to as many as we can. Somebody, uh, of course, yesterday we uh, spent uh, much of the show talking about how the... Uh, Well, now the Republicans have learned the truth here in Indiana, which is what we told them a year ago, which is something that should have been obvious to any person with a pulse and an IQ over six. Property taxes? Yeah, going way up, yes. uh, But apparently they had to hear it from someone very specific before they finally went, well, gee, I guess that's. I guess that's how that works when the assessments go up a ridiculous amount. Property taxes tend to go up a a ridiculous amount, too. So the Republicans played dumb for a year, put their head in the sand, said mean things about us, and then ultimately we were proven completely correct. We got no apologies yesterday. And By the way, I'd like to also point out there still is no plan. Mm -hmm. There is still no... Republican Party plan. Now, there's this plan for $60 million for trails. There's a plan for free textbooks. There's a plan for huge raises for teachers. There's a plan for uh, hundreds of millions of dollars for new, uh, more enhanced socialized medicine. I mean, they got plans for all that.
2: Well, we're going to get to the root cause after yeah, right. they have this study, Right,
0: right, right. Yes, I do. commission a study. Uh, somebody, somebody called about that.
1: Hey, good morning, uh, guys. Uh, love your show. Hey, I live in Hancock County and uh, specifically New Palestine. And my assessment went up from 190000 to $320,000. And when I called and complained to my county assessor's office, they said that because of short supply and contraction costs, mm-hmm. this is the reason why your assessments are going higher is because people are buying homes um, that are appraising or the homeowners asking way more than what the property is even worth. It's a bidding war and that's totally ridiculous. So
0: Casey, let's let's play this out.
2: $130,000 increase.
0: Let's say you and I both own the same antique piece of furniture, okay? You and I, we live down the street from each other, and we both own the same antique piece of furniture, Mm -hmm. and I love my antique piece of furniture. It's a family heirloom. It was given to me down the years, Mm -hmm. and I say, I'm never parting with this antique piece of furniture. You, on the other hand, say, well, you know, I've had this antique piece of furniture for several, many years, decades. I just don't really like it anymore. It doesn't fit with the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to sell the antique piece of furniture. Mm -hmm. And it's very valuable because it's old and it's antique and it's sturdy and it was crafted by hand. And you sell and you make a huge amount of money on that antique piece of furniture. Do I get taxed more because you sold that piece of furniture? (laughs) You shouldn't. I don't is the answer. Why? Because that's not how we tax people mm-hmm. unless they're monetizing their wealth. Yet with property taxes, mm-hmm. because you decided I've had enough of my home mm-hmm. and I'm going to sell at a time where homes are selling for more, mm-hmm. I get punished even though I continue to live in the same home that I've lived in for, in some cases, generations. Mm-hmm. That is a total scam. It is complete bullcrap. What this guy's going through is complete bullcrap. And the fact that he's not going to sell his home, but he's punished tax-wise as though he's going to sell his home, that is just gross. And Republicans have overseen everything in the state for over a decade. There's no one to blame but themselves. They set the tax policy. They could fix this tomorrow. They could have fixed it a year ago. They could have fixed it five years ago. They could have fixed it 10 years ago. It's not fixed because they don't want it fixed, because they are completely petrified of these local government people, because that's who they have to see when they go to the little club functions or their ribbon cuttings or their rotary functions. By the way, rotary is a fine organization. But my point is. They are more afraid of them than they are of you, and as such, they're telling you to eat dirt, and they're not going to dare do anything to harm local governments.
2: It's a really good feeling if he were to consider selling his house, well, $130,000 more sure. value. But if he's not planning on selling, and then, of course, on the other end, he's going to have to turn around and pay for more for a new house. Absolutely. But if he's not wanting to move or sell, he's just stuck with that
0: big bill. Absolutely, and the Republicans know this is happening. And again, yesterday, like usual, that dumbass Jim Lucas was on Facebook fighting with me and name-calling me rather than doing something to help the people. The same. What was the the Judy uh, Judy? Was that his name? The guy from uh, Chris Judy? Was that his name? The guy who at one thirty in the morning was mm-hmm. aggressively texting me about the 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 sandwich. Well, what did and, Jim Lucas say? Well, it's just this, it's, it, they never have an answer. They're mad when you ask, what's the plan? You've told us for all these months, how do you know there's not a plan? You're just disingenuous. Okay, what's the plan? You're just disingenuous. What's the plan? Fighting with me is not helping anyone, but Jim made it very clear in that post weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give the radio guy the win. They, The Republicans down at 200 West Washington, because they know who will take the victory lap if they actually did property tax reform. The people have been telling you for over a year this was coming, and they are so wed to not letting the radio guy take a victory lap that they will make you pay out the ass for your property taxes. Holcomb that,
2: said that we're going to look into it this session.
0: I, I, I uh, I, It's just... But you people voted for this. Casey's not in on it. I'm not in on it. Kevin's not in on it. Because we told you when you roll over and play dead for these people, they will treat you like complete dirt. And they're treating you like complete garbage. And they don't care. And they feel no sense of urgency because they know no matter what they do, Mm -hmm. you will still, like good little boys and girls, Mm -hmm. at the next election, you'll press straight red Mm -hmm. or you'll vote out of fear. And this is what you get. You get the government you deserve. All right. Uh, Some guy called, and he was very mad. Uh, This relates to Trump and the election, and he was mad at Tony, and he was mad at me. And you know if you're mad, if you have mean things to say. You know, we generally try to move you right to the front of the line. This guy was very upset.
1: Hey, Rob. I just happened to be listening when you were talking about uh, Trump and his rally in South Carolina and you know presumptive nominee, and all this time, and you know I'm a hardcore trumper I've called before um the one thing that never gets mentioned, you talked about his tweets, and yeah, he could have he could have done without the tweets, but i I don't believe that the seventy one million people that voted for Trump are offended by his tweets, are worried about what he says, uh worried about you know yeah, I mean do we would we rather have Trump in that and his policies or a smooth talking? smooth nice guy like obama that destroys the company country we already know the answer to that we'd rather have trump and to say that he lost votes because of that i don't believe he lost he's got 71 million votes and the one thing that you tony Katz, you guys are like the chris waltz of you know wibc you guys what about the the fraud the fraud there's abject fraud in every election and if they don't Somebody doesn't do something about the fraud, whether it's um, ballot harvesting, um, mail-in balloting. I guess we just have to cheat as good as the Democrats because that's what it's down to. They're cheating. They wait until the election results come in. They stop the election. And the next thing you know, everybody comes in for Biden. He gets 81 million votes and he doesn't. I mean, you already know all of this you know that the mathematical probabilities don't add up, and they certainly didn't add up in the midterm. There wasn't a red wave not because of Trump's candidates. you telling I me mean, Dr. Oz wasn't I mean, as good as Fetterman? I mean, this, these are ridiculous arguments you guys are making.
0: You know, nothing really says I appreciate you allowing me to have my voice heard like insulting me, mm-hmm. and we've been through that before. Now, um, Casey... How many times on this show have we used the term creative jelly bean counting?
2: <laughs> well, that's what you say all the time. I just told you yesterday, you really good at branding certain things.
0: Newsflash, mm-hmm. moron. Creative jelly bean counting is voter fraud. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I had to say that out loud. Mm-hmm. It became a joke because you can't say voter fraud on YouTube. But when we talk about the creative jelly bean counting, of mm-hmm. course, we're talking about voter fraud or manipulation or whatever you want to call it. I didn't know I had to say that out loud. But hey... Don't start nothing. There won't be nothing. Now, the guy in Wisconsin won, right? Ron Johnson won re-election. So did it not happen there? Yes, there are probably things that happen in these major metropolitan cities in these swing states. Absolutely. We've talked about that for two and a half years now on this show. But the reality is Trump also offends huge swaths of people Mm -hmm. who otherwise would vote for a Republican. I don't know why you're mad at me for telling you this. We have had person after person after person on this show or we've identified people or whatever who otherwise would vote for Republicans who would not vote for Donald Trump. Now, I'm not invested in Republicans winning because I know what they are. There are a few Republicans that I like, like Ron DeSantis. But I'm not a Republican cheerleader, so I got no skin, in, you know, skin in this game. I'm telling you the reality. Donald Trump is highly offensive. He is incredibly undisciplined, and he alienates people who otherwise would vote for your cause. Oz lost because he was a snake oil salesman, and the people of Minnesota or uh, Pennsylvania have perfected the Democrats have perfected what the courts says they can do, which is mass mail-in balloting. You can be mad about me for that, but you might as well just get on board with it because the court has said they can do it. And if the court says they can do it, then why are you fighting it? do it yourself? Did that guy give his name when he called? No, I don't think so. Maybe I would, he did.
2: I would invite him to call back, and I would like to hear his thoughts on Ron DeSantis. Right. Because we're at the point now where Trump has been bashing DeSantis repeatedly and more consistently recently, and I feel like it's because Trump knows that DeSantis is biting at his heels. Because you only mention that when you're afraid. If you're number one You don't bring up the guy who's number two, three or four unless you're nervous about him. Because if you're number one, you're playing defense and you stay on defense. But Trump right now is playing like he is on offense.
0: Right. And you can be mad at me. And by the way, the the idea that that is the phone call, like like we're the problem, the radio guys, me and Mm cats, me and cats are what's holding the republic back. We're not the candidates for anything. And if your whole thing is going to be, well, I'm going to forever vote for Trump because somebody in in uh, Arizona or Pennsylvania or Michigan might be getting creative with their balloting, then you're never going to win. Donald Trump cannot win. I'm sorry. And if that alienates you or makes you never want to listen to this show or whatever, I'm not going to lie to you. He's a highly flawed candidate. He behaves in a ridiculous way ridiculous manner towards people in his in his own party. People that, I'm not talking about the Lindsey Grahams, who I guess he loves now. Remember when he once gave out Lindsey Graham's phone number? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or Jeb Bush or whoever.
2: Well, he loves Lindsey Graham because Lindsey Graham was saying how wonderful exactly. he was. Exactly.
0: He doesn't actually like, wake up, he doesn't actually like Lindsey Graham. He likes Lindsey Graham now because Lindsey Graham is afraid of him.
2: And talking nicely if about If Jeb him.
0: Bush had come out and said all sorts of nice things about Trump, he would like Jeb Bush mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Trump is loyal to Trump. That is it. He can't win, and if you're going to base your listening on this show or liking me based on me lying to you, let me look into the camera so people know I'm serious. On YouTube, I will never lie to you. I'm going to tell you what I believe to be real, and if that offends you or you don't want to be here anymore or you're mad at me or whatever, I want this country back. I want this country taken back. I want to stop our country's slide into the abyss. And I believe Donald Trump cannot win. I believe Ron DeSantis can win. And I guess that makes me a bad guy.
2: So we've got Trump scheduled. We've got a whole section about him that we're going to talk about later in the show. And some of that is polling. And I I, I just want that caller to realize that Trump has been trending up in some polling. And that's the nice thing I'm going to say about Trump.
0: There you go. All right, let's take a break. Hammer's not going to be with us today. He's got some other stuff going on, but we've got some more phone calls. We get to those. Yep.
2: It's on the way. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 W.I.B.C. It is 1051. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 W.I.B.C. 317-684-8444. That's our phone number. If you'd like to contribute with your questions, comments, thoughts, whatever's on your mind. With your voicemail.
0: Uh, Hammer is out today, so we mm-hmm. figured we'd get to some more voicemails. Remember yesterday, Casey, we did the story about old cell phones? Yeah. And I think Daily Mail had people compile a list of their all-time favorite retro cell phones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things we talked about is how some of the phones back then were a little more solid and sturdy than the cellular telephones today. We mentioned, like, the bag phone or the mm-hmm. block phone. hmm A guy had an experience with one of those old phones years ago and uh, really kind of supported what what we had said.
1: Uh, So, my comment onto your cell phone topic is that the Razor is an incredible phone. Mm -hmm. I do agree with that. I had one that got dropped in the parking lot of a bar once, was ran over by a car,
0: and the top (laughs) half with the screen separated from the bottom half that held the keypad and the
1: battery. I was still able to make and receive phone calls, and I basically just had a brick with phone. Uh, couldn't tell who was calling me until I said hello, but it still functioned 100% perfectly. Uh,
2: so yesterday, I wrote an article at WIBC.com, the side piece, and it is how Hoosiers break their phones. Most often. And the number one is dropping it while you're taking it out of your purse or your pocket. But do you know one of the more common ways that people break their phone? How? Razor or iPhone, whatever it is you're using. Yeah. Dropping it in the toilet.
0: You know, I always have that fear. Do you have that fear? You use the toilet different than I do. so <laughs> Yes. It's probably it would be harder for you <laughs> to do that. I bet that would mostly be men then that would drop mm-hmm. the cell phone in the toilet.
2: Right into the toilet. Eight percent of people do that. That's how they ruin their phone.
0: Kevin, do you have that fear? I mean, that fear cripples me when I use the urinal that it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I,
2: I sometimes have that fear, but I'm very careful. But I do know someone that dropped their phone in a portalette.
0: Oh, oh no. And I think that is like the
2: ultimate fear.
0: Oh, That's
2: a goner. No. Yeah, yeah My it My question gone. is, why do you have the phone out in the bathroom what to else begin gonna, with? What
0: else are you going to do, Casey? You're just sitting there, standing there. Uh huh. Yeah, and I think they were the person that I know. I think they were drunk and maybe texting somebody. <laughs> seems, seems about right.
2: I hope nobody was taking selfies. I mean, I can understand yeah. the sitting there part of this conversation, yeah. but the standing there—well, really, it's it should be a quick process. Well,
0: it's an art. It's like can you can you do it with one or no hands? <laughs> <laughs> Look, mom, no hands. Oh,
2: well, and that's when it falls in the toilet. If you'd like to read the other ways that Hoosiers break their phones, just head over to wibc.com.
0: Uh, Kevin, real quick, let's he- skip ahead to the phone call. We got labeled as the uh, Simpsons because we have somebody who is not, again, they're not listening closely to the show, and so we got to point out the rules of calling the voicemail. Okay. Okay, take a listen.
1: See, this is why I don't listen to your show. The fact that you didn't even mention the Simpsons, longevity, cultural impact, and awards, come on now, seriously. Anything that has Phil Hartman, come on now. But I'll be listening just to hear this.
0: I always always love that. I got that on Twitter earlier today. I don't listen anymore. It's exhausting. The people who say they don't listen Mm -hmm. are the people who usually listen the most. So Mm -hmm. thank you for listening. If you weren't listening, you wouldn't have known to call. So again, thank you for listening.
2: And he knew the phone number to call, too. Yes,
0: absolutely. And we mentioned The Simpsons like 93 times. And Uh we said the problem with The Simpsons is after about year eight, it's complete trash.
2: I do agree with him that Phil Harmon's pretty good. Phil
0: Harmon's great. Yeah. But... (laughs) <laughs> Just remember, if you're going to tell me you don't listen, I'm going to laugh at you because you listen a lot. <laughs> uh, hey, ours, uh, we got a special guest coming up. His name is Jay Philip Clay. He's got a great piece out about people being upset about police violence against against black people, but not being upset about black on black violence.
2: All right, that's on the way from 93 WIBC.